Picture this. You're sitting down, relaxing, listening to the sounds of rain. You then begin to hear the sounds of gnashing. And you think it must be some type of dog or raccoon outside. The gnashing sound gets louder and louder. And you begin to hear some type of thrashing as well. So you decide to take a, a peek. You're curious. What is that? You open the door and you step outside. The gnashing seems to be coming from around the house. You slowly creep that way. You step closer and closer to see what's out there. That's when you see it. You see this large, gaunt creature, which is almost skeletal. Its complexion is ashen gray, the color of death. Its eyes are pushed back deep into their sockets, and its lips are tattered and bloody. It is unclean and gives off the distinct odor of decaying flesh. You are overwhelmed with fear and paralyzed and confused as to what's in front of you. Your breath hitches in your throat. Your mind says run, but your legs are frozen to the ground. You lock eyes with the creature and then it leaps. Coffee and Kalakas is a weekly podcast where we share stories of the supernatural, discuss mysticism, and explore the beyond. If this is something that interests you, then stick around and enjoy this week's episode. I think one of the greatest treasures we have as a society is the power of storytelling. As a kid, I just enjoyed listening to scary stories on rainy afternoons. Storytelling comes in multiple forms, not just, you know, word of mouth, but it comes in the form of movies, in the form of music, and even art. I can't recall when I first heard the story of the Wendigo, but I can say that the legend of the Wendigo definitely made a lasting impression on me. I know last year they made this movie based off the legend of the Wendigo. It's called Antlers. I actually saw it, I didn't see it in theaters, um, I saw it on HBO Max, and not too long ago either. Really good movie. If you haven't seen it, you should see it. It's basically a psychological horror movie, so if you like psychological horror thrillers, this is a movie for you. If you're unfamiliar with what or who the Wendigo is, well, let's get into it. The Wendigo is a mythological creature, but it's also considered an evil spirit. It is depicted as a creature with human-like characteristics that possesses humans. Hmm, possession. It's there again. (laughs) The Wendigo is said to invoke the feelings of insatiable greed or hunger. It is often portrayed as a giant humanoid with a heart of ice and a foul stench. Hmm. Okay, so basically, <coughs> it's a human that just smells really bad. The Wendigo is part of the traditional belief system 
of a number of Algonquin speaking people. Although descriptions can vary somewhat between tribes, what is common to all these cultures is the view that the Wendigo is a malevolent, cannibalistic, supernatural being. They are strongly associated with winter, the north, coldness, famine, and starvation. <clears throat> Basil H. Johnston, an Ojibwe teacher and scholar from Ontario, can give, give us a little bit of a description of what a Wendigo is. The Wendigo was gone to the point of emaciation. Its desiccated skin pulled tightly over its bones, with its bones pushing out against its skin. Its complexion, the ash gray of death, and its eyes pushed back so deep into their sockets. The Wendigo looked like a gaunt skeleton recently disinterred from the grave. What lips it had were tattered and bloody, unclean and suffering from separation of the, of the flesh. The Wendigo gave off a potent and rank odor of decay, of death, and corruption. So just take a minute to take that in. Basically, this giant creature who looks like a human, looks basically like it just got out of a grave, and it smells horrible. It smells like it's, you know, it's rotting. And the fact that they use the word corruption, um, from what I've, I've been reading, it's that the Wendigo is corrupted as a human because it has tasted human flesh, okay? The Wendigo is seen as the embodiment of gluttony, greed, and excess. Never satisfied after killing and consuming one person, they're constantly searching for new victims. Well, I mean, what we know so far of the Wendigo is that they're found in the cold. Okay, so if you're from the South, you can take it that you'll be okay, you know, in the South, because in the South it's always hot, especially in Brownsville. You know, it's basically, you know, you're, if you're in Bronzeville, you're basically in Mordor. So you're safe. You're safe for now. I don't think the Wendigo would survive here. You know, honestly, it's too hot. <clears throat> it's hard would meld and it'd be like, okay, guys, I've changed my ways. According to Algonquin legends, the Wendigo haunts the northern forests of the United States and Canada, always looking for people to eat. Okay, so something else we know now. Don't go into forests because clearly forests are not a good place to be. Um, you know, things happen in forests that just can't be explained. As the tale goes, the Wendigo was once a lost hunter. During a brutally cold winter, this man's intense hunger drove him to cannibalism. After feasting on another human's flesh, he transformed into a crazed man beast, roaming the forest in search of more people to eat. All right, there we go again. It's the corruption. So basically, he was so hungry, he was willing to eat someone else. And because he did that, he corrupted his soul. Therefore, he became a cannibal. He became the Wendigo. Um, another cannibalistic movie that kind of rings a bell from here. Um, I don't know the, the name of it, but I know it's on Hulu. And the guy says in the movie that Human flesh was very different to him. He it it's what corrupted him, the taste of it, because it tasted so good to him that nothing else would ever compare. Um, 
I mean, how true is that? I don't know. I'm not bound to eat another human. But, you know, clearly cannibalism has a lot to do with corruption. Um, I mean, I know that the other movie, um, I don't know the, what is it called? The Green, something about the green. Um, they go into, like, that forest and they get eaten by cannibals. But they're not corrupt, like, they're corrupt in the sense that people are eating, can- they're eating other humans, right? But, um, the the people that got kidnapped weren't actually, like, cannibals themselves. But anyway, back to the Wendigo. So, like I said, um, the tale of the Wendigo is passed on from tribe to tribe, and it does change. Um, but that doesn't keep the Wendigo story or the Wendigo legend from being, um, I guess you could say it's taken into a different, um, approach for younger children. I did come across this uh, story from the book, The Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. And in that story, um, it's a story about the Wendigo. But it's it's not the Wendigo as we know it. It's basically the Wendigo retold for a young child. And it's just as good, just as scary, and maybe even more scary than, than, than most just because um, of the way it's told. You know, so this this story does originate from the Native American legend, but again, it is um, it's told in a way that to scare a child. Okay, so I'm gonna go ahead and read that story to you. It goes: A wealthy man wanted to go hunting in a part of northern Canada where few people had ever hunted. He traveled to a trading post and tried to find a guide to take him, but no one would do it. It was too dangerous, he said. Finally. He found an Indian who needed money badly, and he agreed to take him. The Indian's name was Defago. They made camp in the snow near a large frozen lake. For three days they hunted, but they had nothing to show for it. The third night, a windstorm came up. They lay in their tent listening to the wind howling and the trees whipping back and forth. To see the storm better, the hunter opened the tent flap. What he saw startled him. There wasn't a breath of air. The, the trees were not stirring. They were per- standing perfectly still. Yet, he could hear the wind howling. And the more he listened, the more it sounded as if the wind were calling Defago's name. Defago! It called. Defago! I must be losing my mind, the hunter thought. But Defago had gotten out of his sleeping bag. He was huddled in the corner of the tent his head buried in his arms. What's this all about? The hunter asked. It, it, it's nothing, Defago said. But the wind continued to call to him. And Defago became more tense and more restless. Defago! It called. Defago! Suddenly, he jumped to his feet and he began to run from the tent. But the hunter grabbed him and wrestled him to the ground. You can't leave me here! The hunter shouted. Then the wind called again, and Defago broke loose and ran into the darkness. The hunter could hear him screaming as he went. Again and again he cried, Oh, my fire feet, my burning feet of fire! Then his voice faded away, and the wind died down. At daybreak, the hunter followed Defago's tracks in the snow. They went through the woods down toward the lake, then out onto the ice. But soon he noticed something strange. The steps Defago had taken got longer and longer. 
They were so long, no human being could have taken them. It was as if something had helped him to hurry away. The hunter followed the tracks out to the middle of the lake, but they disappeared. At first, he thought that Defago had fallen through the ice, but there wasn't any hole. Then he thought that something had pulled him off the, off the ice and into the sky, but that made no sense. As he stood wondering what had happened, the wind picked up again. Soon it was howling as it had the night before. Then he dared, Then he heard Defago's voice. It was coming from up above. And again, he heard Defago screaming, My fiery feet, my burning feet. But there was nothing to be seen. Now the hunter wanted to leave that place as fast as he could. He went back to camp and packed. Then he left some food for Defago, and he started it out. Weeks later, he reached civilization. The following year, he went back to hunt in that area again. He went to the same trading post to look for a guide. The people there could not explain what had happened to Defago that night, but they had not seen him since. Maybe it was the Wendigo, one of them said, and he laughed. It's supposed to come with the wind. It drags you along at great speed until your feet are burned away, and more of you than that. Then it carries you into the sky, and it drops you. It's just a crazy story, but that's what some of the Indians say. A few days later, the hunter was at the trading post again. An Indian came in and sat by the fire. He had a blanket wrapped around him, and he wore his hat so that you couldn't see his face. The hunter thought there was something familiar about him. He walked over and he asked, Are you Tufago? The Indian didn't answer. Do you know anything about him? No answer. He began to wonder if something was wrong. If the man needed help. But he couldn't see his face. Are you alright? He asked. No answer. To get a look at him, he lifted the Indian's hat. Then he screamed. There was nothing under the hat but a pile of ashes. Now, I'm not going to lie, when I first read that, I was like, wow, that's pretty creepy. If I were a young child, you know, and I'm reading that for the first time, that's going to give me a little bit of a, of a fright. That's for sure. Um, I mean, it, it, the story accomplished what it intended to accomplish, which is scare someone. And it does. Just the thought of, oh, something can whisk you away. And, and yeah, that, that's the Wendigo of sorts, because yes, it's in, it's in the, in, in Canada, in the forest, it's by itself, it's, um, you know, it's mysterious. The thing is, that, okay, we don't get a, a clear description of what the Wendigo is, but you get an idea of it. And that could be the gateway for many kids to discover this. Um, like I said, I don't remember what first gave me, gave me the, the, um, the story of the Wendigo, but I remember, you know, reading about it and, or listening to a story about it, and it really caught my attention, and I was very, um, interested. And to this day, yeah, I like stories of the Wendigo because they're always so interesting. Different versions, you know, of it just pop up, and it's just like, wow, er they're different each time, but each one of them, you know, is still somewhat similar to the one before. Now, different versions of the Wendigo legend say different things about the speed and agility of the Wendigo. Some claim that the Wendigo is unusually fast and can endure walking for long periods of time. 
even in harsh winter conditions. So as we previously discussed, um, the Wendigo is supposed to be in the cold. It has a cold heart made of ice. It lives in the colder regions of, of, uh, of the country, which makes sense, you know, why it has no problem walking in the cold. Others say that the Wendigo walks in a more haggard manner, as if he is falling apart. Now, again, so when I picture that, I picture a zombie trying to walk away, um, which makes sense as well, because the Wendigo is supposed to be something decrepit, something that's falling apart, something that's rotting. Um, that's why it gives off that awful smell, because it's it's um, it's rotting. It's basically a zombie, you know? And I'm not saying that a zombie... It, it is a zombie, but, you know, it basically is. It's It's something similar to it. Maybe this is where zombie stories come from, you know? I mean, like I said before, everything kind of um, bounces off each other. Now, for the Wendigo, speed wouldn't be a necessary skill for this for a monster of this nature. Unlike other terrifying carnivores, the Wendigo doesn't rely on pursuing his prey in order to capture and eat it. Rather, one of his creepiest traits is his ability to mim- mimic human voices. He uses this skill to lure people in and draw them away from civilization. Once they're isolated in the desolate depths of the wilderness, he attacks them and then feasts on them. So if that doesn't creep you out enough, I don't know what will. That pretty creeps me out. Um, just the thought of hearing a voice calling my name or calling for help, you know, like in the, the, the scary story for kids. You know, the Wendigo was calling out Defago's name. Imagine you're inside you're somewhere outside even and you start hearing something call your name you know if, if that happens just go run go run and hide don't follow the voice you know we we don't want to lose you um rather it takes someone else than take you right now the wendigo has been around long enough that it's made into popular culture it's been in books it's been in movies it's even made into a horror video game um character and it's been in a comic book, too. So a character inspired by the Wendigo appears in American comic books published by Marvel. Created by the writer Steve Englehart and artist Herb Trimp, the monster is the result of a curse that afflicts those who commit acts of cannibalism. It first appeared in The Incredible Hulk number 162, which is around April 1973, and again in October 1974 issue. So, yeah, the Wendigo has gotten around and has made its way into popular culture. And, like I said, it's been in movies. In the movie Antler, that's a really... It's a re- more recent one, but it's a good one. Um, good interpretation of what the Wendigo is. And I feel um, people could really benefit from watching it. You know, it helps you get an idea of what it's supposed to look like and and how it acts and how it hunts. So... If you haven't watched it, you really should. So, that's the one to go for you. Scary or not, but that's what it is. What are your thoughts on the Wendigo? Do you believe that this is a creature that does exist? Or... Is it just a story to keep people in check and keep them in line so they won't, don't become too greedy or gluttonous? 
be sure to push that like button as it helps keep the algorithm going. Subscribe and ring the notification bell to stay on top of our latest content. Check out our page at where we have links to all our social media accounts. And remember, life begins after coffee.